He said, if I be lifted up, all men, he'll draw all men to him. Well, what a blessing. I'm glad he has. Amen? That's wonderful. Thank you, ladies. That was great, great, great. I want you to take your Bibles this morning, if you will, please, and turn to the book of Mark, Mark chapter 6. Yes, we have been here the last three weeks, uh, and uh, just can't quite get out of the book of Mark, Mark chapter 6 this morning, and when you find your place, if you would uh, uh, stand with me, if you're able to stand, that is, Mark chapter 6, and we're going to begin in verse number 1 and read down through verse number 6 this morning, now, Mark chapter 6. And verse number six, isn't Jesus good? Isn't it good to let us do what we're doing right now? Man, we're so blessed. Great day. We're so blessed. Wow. Mark chapter six and verse number one. The Bible says, And he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joseph, and of Judah, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? I want you to notice this statement. And they were offended at him. If you like to mark your Bibles up, it'd be good for you to underline that or circle it or put a little mark by it or highlight it. And they were offended at him. And Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he could there... In Nazareth, that's what it's talking about, in his hometown. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he talking about Jesus, and he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. You may be seated this morning. I don't want to talk to you just a few minutes on that subject. Is not this the carpenter? Is not this the carpenter? And I'm not sure if I read verse 3 really in the right voice there. I think voice 3 is probably a very skeptical verse. I think it was, it was probably verbalized in a sarcastic way and not necessarily questioning, probably a little bit more sarcastically than, than, a, than a legitimate question. And how many know that somebody can ask a question one way or they can ask a question another way? And, and so this was a little bit more of a, a sarcastic Uh, casting, if you will. Uh, And so I want to talk to you about that subject, is not this the carpenter? And so let's pray and we'll jump right into the the, uh, Bible study this morning. Father, thank you for the opportunity to to be back at Calvary. My, oh my, what a great service and what a wonderful spirit and a spirit of liberty. And Lord, I'm reminded that your, your Bible tells us that where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And Lord, I'm thankful that there's just a uh, there's a, a, just a spirit of liberty here today, and Lord, it's just so good to see folks worshiping, and, and Lord, it seemed like the more the ladies sang, and the, that, that uh, Lord, the, the more liberty came, and, and you could just tell, you could look out through the congregation and see that folks were getting blessed and being encouraged and edified, 
And, uh, and Lord, I believe that you were being praised and adored and exalted. And, and uh, Lord, that's what this day is all about. I pray that uh, this day will not be about a preacher or a pastor or a teacher or a deacon or a church member or a choir member. But God, I pray that this day will be about lifting up the precious and only name that deserves to be lifted up, the name of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to do that during this time of preaching now and, uh, and uh, just give us a, a good day. And, Father, if there might be one in this service that does not know for sure that they're born again and on their way to heaven, well, Lord, help this to be the day. I'm glad that, Lord, you've told us in, the, in your word that you can know. You can know that you have eternal life. And so I pray that they'll come to that place of knowing today. Help us. Breathe upon us, please, Lord. And I pray that all we do and say would be well-pleasing in your sight. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake and all God's people said, amen. Well, what a powerful, powerful chapter Mark chapter 6 is. And I believe there are several implications that I want to start out with. I'm going to give you three statements as I start out this morning. Several implications that I believe we find in this passage. The first one is this. Number one is that Christ was able to do greater things than what he did. Look, if you will, at Mark chapter 6 and verse number 2. The Bible says, And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many, many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that, that even such mighty works are, are wrought by his hands? And so I believe the first implication is that Christ was able to do greater things than what he did here in this place called Nazareth. Number two, I believe that Christ wanted to do greater things than what he did. Look at uh, verse number four. The Bible says, But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And then it sort of sadly says what it says. And he could there do no mighty work, uh, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. What's the implication? He wanted to do greater things. He could do greater things. It was possible for him to do greater things and he wanted to do greater things. And by the way, can I just insert this real quickly? Did you know that God can do greater things at Calvary Baptist Church? But it goes a step further than that. Did you know that God wants to do greater things at Calvary Baptist Church? Uh, you look around and see what's going on at this church and brother, it is but a drop in the bucket compared to what Jesus wants to do and what Jesus is able to do. And I believe if we'll just if we'll just decide to get us just as close to the Lord as we can, listen, there is really no telling what God can do at the Calvary Baptist Church in Union Grove, North Carolina. Amen. And so number one, Christ was able to do greater things than what he did. Number two, Christ wanted to do greater things than what he did. But number three, the third implication is this. The people needed Christ to do greater things than what he did. There was a need. Look, if you will, again at verse number five. The Bible says, and he could there in that location. Now, in other locations, he could do mighty things, but he could there do no mighty work save or accept that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk now, you know what that leads me to believe? There was a lot of other sick folk that needed to be healed. And so say that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. One of the things that we learned while we were in Israel, especially right there around the Sea of Galilee, which is right there where my wife and I stayed pretty much the whole time, is that that area 
Uh, back in that day and time, Jesus, most of Jesus' ministry was in about a 13-square-mile radius of that area right there. That's where Jesus performed most of his miracles. He traveled to Jerusalem in different places, but most of his works were right there uh, localized in that area. And, 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 and by the way, just perfect. I mean, it's just perfect. Because Galilee, within the Galilee area, there's a lot of mineral springs and there's a lot of uh, hot springs around that area. And the people back in that day thought that if they could get to those mineral springs and those hot springs around the Sea of Galilee, they believed that those waters brought healing. And so many multitudes of people would travel to that area of the land, hoping to get into those mineral springs and those hot springs, thinking that it would uh, free them of their afflictions. And of course, when they got there, they didn't get the mineral springs, but they but they got to find the, the living water, amen? And his name was the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we notice here that, uh, that the people needed Christ to do greater things than what he did. What's really, really sad is that Christ, according to Mark chapter 6, is Christ did very little in this place called Nazareth. Uh, very, very few received help. Now, as I read that, I'm, I, I want to know why. Man, what, what was it? I mean, why? if he could do mighty things and he wanted to do mighty things, then why did he not do mighty things? That's, that's what I want to know. And so, you know what? Uh, boy, I want to find out what's going on because, you know what? That means if, if God can do mighty things at Calvary Baptist Church and he wants to do mighty things at Calvary Baptist Church, uh, then, you know what? We want to make sure that we don't miss the blessing of God. And that means if God can uh, wants to do great things in your life and that that means that God can do great things in your life. Oh, whatever we do, we want to make sure that we don't uh, that we don't hinder the blessing of God. And so, what was it that caused the Lord Jesus Christ to do very, very little in this place called Nazareth? And here's the answer: the Bible says the people stirred up a scandal. And they said, "Pastor, I didn't read that in our scripture." Now, I want you to look with me, if you will, please, to verse number three. And the Bible says in verse number three, and again, this was somewhat of a sarcastic uh, wording here. And verse number three, they, this is what they said. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, and of Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And look at the last part. The Bible says, and they were offended at him. They were offended at him. I'm not going to give you a lot of points today. I'm just going to hit one nail over and over again. That word offended there is the Greek word scandalizo. We get a word from that. It's called scandal. We hear that is a word that we use somewhat in our vernacular today, in our terminology today. In fact, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of uh, talk of scandal in politics, and there's even some TV shows, although I've never seen them. I believe there are some actual TV shows that are called scandal. And, uh, but actually, I don't know if you knew this or not, but the word scandal is actually a religious term. The word scandal means this. It means conduct that causes or encourages a lapse of faith. Man, I didn't know that. I started looking up that word. I never knew it had a religious meaning. Conduct that causes or encourages a lapse of faith or of religious obedience in another. In other words, there were some people there in that, that area of Nazareth that began to stir up a scandal. And they began to cause others to have a lapse of faith. 
They begin to, uh, to cause others to doubt. They begin to cause others to have disbelief in their heart. And so, uh, boy, as I begin to figure that out and the Lord began to show me that, I thought, okay, Lord, what was it that, what was it that they did that caused people to doubt the power uh, and the, uh, the genuineness of the Lord? What was it that caused them to doubt the Lord and caused the Lord to do such a small work there in, uh, in Nazareth? And here is the answer. They belittled the personal work of Jesus Christ. They made the work of Christ a little thing. Now, let me show you what I'm talking about a little bit this morning. Take your Bibles and look at Mark chapter 6 and verse number 3. Again, we read this again a moment ago, but we're going to read it again. Mark chapter 6 and verse number 3. Now, here the Lord is, and he's, he's a, a teaching, and boy, he's teaching like nobody's ever taught. He, he's teaching with authority and power, and, he's, uh, uh, and he, he has great power here. And look, look at their response in verse number 3. And they said, Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joseph, and of Judah, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us. And they were offended at him. Now, there's several things we notice in that verse. Number one, this is what they were saying. They were saying, number one, that Jesus is normal in his occupation. He's just a carpenter. <laughs> That's all he is. I don't know why y'all think there's anything special about this man. He's just a carpenter. He's normal in his occupation. But then I noticed this. They were saying he's normal in his creation. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary? He was born just like you and just like me. He's got a mama just like you and just like me. It's not this the carpenter, the son of Mary. And so they were saying he's normal in his occupation. He's normal in his creation. And then they said he's normal in his association. They said he's, not the, he's the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon, and on top of that, are not his sisters here with us? And so in other words, they were, they were adamant in trying to convince others that Jesus was no one special. That's what was going on. They stirred up a scandal and they said, listen, he's no big deal. I mean, we know who he is. We know his mother. We know his occupation. We know his brothers and sisters. He may talk big, but it's really just Jesus. That's what they were saying. He's nobody. He is no different than anybody else. And may I say this morning, Calvary Baptist Church, it is no wonder that Christ is not doing great things in a lot of churches today. And it's no wonder that Christ isn't doing mighty things in a lot of Christian lives today because we have done the exact same thing thing in this day and time. Now, now you say, preacher, I've never said a statement like that, but you know what? We maybe never said that verbally, but through our actions, you know what we've done? We have belittled the work of Jesus Christ. What do you mean? We're living in a generation that is guilty of de-emphasizing the importance of the work of Christ in the same way. We just don't see it that way. We live today in a, in a nation where Jesus and his Bible and his church have in many respects been placed at the bottom of the scale. Everything seems to be taking priority over Jesus. And come on, church, y'all know what I'm saying is the truth. <laughs> I mean, this is one of those oh me messages instead of an amen message, but it's true. 
You know what? Our society's attitude is this. Oh, Christ is good. Jesus is good. If you can fit him in. <laughs> I mean, he's really good. It's a good thing. I mean, church is great. If you can fit it in. I mean, the Lord Jesus is, is really good. But you know what? But it's really not that big of a deal. People no longer see the importance of having their family in church. They no longer see the importance of reading his word. They no longer see the importance of spending time in prayer. They no longer see the importance of, of getting involved in a ministry. They no longer see the importance of, of giving toward the work of Christ. Now, if you can fit it in, it's okay. And uh, uh, if you don't have anything better to do, then, uh, uh, then go on down there to the church house and, and get involved. But you see, I've got better things to do and more important things to do. And you don't understand that I'm a busy man. And I'm just saying that we, don't, we didn't know we've done this. But in, a, in the same way, we are saying to this world that really the work of Christ is really not that big of a deal. They tell us today that Western cultures are facing a major crisis. With 83.6% of America not attending a conventional church on a given weekend, and approximately 95% of the people in other Western cultures not attending a church at all. Approximately 80% of all churches in North America have either reached a plateau or are now in decline. 80% of churches, what, what, any church, Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, Southern Baptist, there's great unrest in the Southern Baptist movement right now. And 80% of all churches in North America have reached a plateau or are declining. In fact, I found this graph this week that I wanted to show you, show, show you and it, it graphs the, the decline of religion in America within the last 60 years. The caption went like this. This graph of this index tells the story of the rise and fall of religious activity. During the post-war baby-booming 1950s, there was a revival of religion. Indeed, some at the time considered it a third great awakening. Then came the societal changes of the 1960s, which included a questioning of religious institutions. The resulting decline in religion stopped by the end of the 1970s when religiosity remained steady. Listen now, church, listen. Over the past 15 years, however, religion has once again declined. But this decline is much sharper than the decline of the 1960s and 1970s. Church attendance and prayer is less frequent. The number of people with no religion is growing. Few, fewer people say that religion is an important part of their lives. All measures point to the same drop in religion. If the 1950s were another great awakening, then this is the great decline. And that's very true. Sad, but true. Did you know the according, according to a Gallup poll in the 1940s, 76% of all people in America had some kind, some kind of church membership. It maybe wasn't Baptist, but it was some type of church affiliation. And most of those folks attended. 76% in the, in the 40s claimed some type of church membership. But what's, what's the statistics here? In 1990, 
20.4% of Americans attended church. In 2000, it dropped to 18.7. In 2005, it dropped to 17.5. In 2010, it dropped to 16.2. And they tell us now that in America, that in 2020, which is just months away, that only 14% of all Americans will have any kind of church affiliation at all. I'm, I'm not talking about they attend. I'm talking about 14% of Americans will claim any type of church affiliation. Now that little pie there, that little, that little red pie right there is basically, it represents all those in America that will be attending church in 2020. And I just want to say, church, we better wake up. We better wake up if things are bad now. If we don't wake up and pray up and stand up and speak up, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Now, wait a minute now. For some of those folks that are, that are, that are a little older, we may be okay. But what's going to happen for our grandchildren? If Jesus tarries his return, if the Lord doesn't come back in the next 50 years, I hope he does. I hope he comes back in the next five minutes. But if the Lord tarries his coming, what's America going to be like for our kids and our grandkids? I recently read an article in Forbes magazine, and the title was this, How Successful People Spend Their Weekend. Church was not even in the lineup. Wasn't even mentioned. How successful people spend their weekend. Exercise, checking emails, reflecting, and family time. Now, I'm all for you checking your emails. But Sunday's not checking email day. Sunday's going to the house of God day. And I'm all for family time. You're looking at a big family man right here. But you know what? On Sunday, our family knew something. On Sunday... We're going to the house of God. Why? Because Jesus is more than a carpenter. Can I, uh, listen, you're here this morning, you're having problems in your marriage. Can I remind you of something? That Jesus Christ is more than just a carpenter. Did you know that he's able, listen, if you'll put him as a priority in your marriage, that Jesus can transform your relationship? Amen. Hey, you've tried everything else. You've tried all the programs. You've tried the education. You've tried all these uh, uh, counseling and all that. And I, I'm not against any of that. But I'm just saying, hey, why don't you give Jesus Christ a try? I'm telling you what, what, what organizations cannot do and what social programs cannot do and what counseling cannot do. I'm glad I serve a Savior who can do it. You're having problems with your children today? Can I just remind us this morning that Jesus is more than just a carpenter? If you'll commit your kids to God and pray and fast and beg and ask God to do a work in the hearts of your kids, I'm just telling you that God's able, that Jesus is able to, Jesus is able to do what you cannot do and what a pastor cannot do, what an evangelist cannot do. Jesus is able. You're having problems with your health this morning. Can I remind you that Jesus is more than a carpenter? You're having problems on the job this morning. May I remind you that Jesus is more than a carpenter? You're having problems in your finances this morning. May I remind you that Jesus is more than a carpenter? He is the mighty son of God and he can do the miraculous. We belittled the work of Christ. But what we need to do is we need to start exalting him to a place of priority. In a few weeks, 
We'll have Pastor Jason Penley here. Brother Penley's much younger than I am. But how many know you can learn something from everybody? I was preaching revival for Brother Penley. And uh, every night we'd go to the back and I'd shake hands with his people. He stood beside me. He shook hands with his people. One thing I picked up about Brother Penley that I appreciate so much, as his people would come through, and I wasn't trying to eavesdrop, but I could just hear, and they would say, Pastor, I've got this problem. Pastor, I've got this issue. Pastor, I've got this burden. And I heard Brother Penley, that young pastor, I heard Brother Penley say this time and time again, stay on your knees, stay in your Bible, stay in church. Stay on your knees, stay in your Bible, stay in church. And we'd be there shaking hands, and somebody would come by and they'd say, Preacher, pray for us. We're really having an issue in our family right now. And he would say, Listen, sister, stay on your knees. Stay in your Bible. Stay in church. Stay on your knees. Stay in your Bible. Stay in church. Stay in your knees. Stay on your Bible. Stay in church. Stay in your knees. Stay on your Bible. Stay in church. Stay on your knees. Stay in your Bible. Stay in church. Stay on your knees. Stay in your Bible. Stay in church. Stay on your knees. Stay in your Bible. Stay in church. Stay on your stay in stay on your knees. Stay in your Bible. Stay in church. I heard him say that, say that, say that, say that until it began to man, I mean, I went home thinking. Uh, stay, in, stay on your knees and stay in your Bible and stay in church. And, and what, what, was, what was Brother Penley saying? What he was saying was the same thing I'm saying. He was saying that Jesus is more than just a carpenter. Hey, Jesus can heal what others cannot heal and Jesus can help what others cannot help and Jesus can do what others cannot do and those things that are impossible, man, are possible with God. I'm just telling you, Captain Baptist Church, I don't know about the God you serve, but the God I serve is a great God and he's a powerful God. I love this. I'm not trying to single anybody out. But this is the this is the the, the, the this illustration that Jesus gave me is I was just thinking about exalting Jesus to a place of priority. The other night we were getting ready to go out soul winning. And Brother Justin and Miss Kristen rolled in. And we uh, went out, I think we went out in the church van, got in the van. Brother Justin got here a little late that night. And it's one of those whew, nights. He's like, we barely made it, preacher. And uh, he said, boy, it's been some kind of an afternoon. I said, what happened? He said, well, we opened up the cabinet in the sink, and they said the pipe was leaking. And he said, man, water was everywhere, all in the kitchen, underneath the sink. He said, we had to get towels, and he said, uh, I love it. He said, we took a bucket, and we stuck a bucket underneath the pipe. And we came on to church. Oh, yes. You know what? You know what? Justin Bushy was saying to little Bentley. Jesus is more than just a carpenter. You know what he was saying to his kids, to his wife? Jesus is more than just a carpenter. Hey, we're not going to let some leaking pipe keep us from doing the will of God. We're going to do what God wants us to do. That's what I'm talking about. We've got, we must, we must, we must get back to that kind of Christianity in America if we are going to make a difference. Jesus is more than just a carpenter. Several years ago, Brother Stacy, hope he doesn't mind me using this illustration. Miss Tanya was sick. I mean, it was bad. Cancer. And uh, she had been through, you know, the treatments and all those things. And it was a Sunday afternoon. We got word that Tanya was in bad shape. And my wife and I and many folks went over. The hallway was just lined with people that day. 
It was a Sunday afternoon about, I can't remember the exact time, but it was around three-ish, somewhere, somewhere around there. And uh, Miss Tanya, who we loved dearly at Calvary Baptist Church, Amen. she beat us to heaven. And uh, she's just getting a head start on us all. It was a sad day. There was weeping. There was crying. There was a lot of hugging, a lot of loving going on in that hallway that day. Well, my wife and I left the uh, hospital with Sunday night church. So came to church. I think we had choir practice. I cannot remember, but we probably had choir practice. And that night, the Sunday evening service, Stacy Jarvis walked in. Had to do a double take. Like, Stacy, yes, preacher, what are you doing here? He says, church done. Just lost his wife. That night the choir sang. I do remember that because I watched Brother Stacy come up in the choir. His wife just passed away just hours ago. And he came up and sang in the choir. And I thought about this too. Is it any wonder that God has given him a godly woman that's going to be his wife very shortly? You know what Brother Stacy was saying that day? Jesus is more than a carpenter. Boy, I'm getting some help this morning, yeah. man. And you know what? He is more than just a carpenter. Amen. Why don't we start, why, why don't we stop making like he's no big deal? And Lord, I'll tell you what I'll do if I get the opportunity. And if it's convenient, I'll fit you in. No. Why don't we get to the place where we say, Lord, you don't just know how to use a hammer and a chisel. You don't know how to just uh, uh, teach in a synagogue, but you're the son of God. You're the, you're the holy son of God. You're able to do miracles. You're able to save souls. You're able to revive life. You're able to, to do great miracles and have great power. And all that we would, we would build up what Jesus is doing in this day and time. When, 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 my, when I was a kid, my family and I used to, used to love to camp. We camped a lot. We had a place down on Lookout uh, Lookout Lake down there. This J.C. Penney campground down there. Dad, Dad worked at J.C. Penney for years and years. And, and so we'd go down to J.C. Penney campground there on Lake Lookout, and we'd camp. And we'd camp on the weekends. Dad was a hard worker, but on the weekends we'd camp. Everybody hearing me? On the weekends we'd camp. But on Sunday morning in the campground, we'd get up and get ready. And we drive all the way to your Fuller Baptist Church. We'd go to Sunday school preaching. We'd leave the, the church. We'd drive all the way back to the campground. We'd have a good day at the campground. And then Sunday night, you know what we'd do? Daddy'd get us out of the lake. Go get dressed. We'd drive all the way back to the church house. Go to Sunday night service. Well, one Sunday we were there. We went to church that Sunday morning. We drove back that Sunday afternoon. We were having a good time. Didn't you enjoy the lake when you were kids? It was awesome. Swimming, splashing, picnicking, having a great time. But it's Sunday night church time. 
And so dad said, all right. Everybody come on, get ready. And, uh, and I'm not saying that we always wanted to do what daddy wanted us to do. And so daddy said to my brother, Billy, he said, get ready, son, we're going to church. Well, there was a lady there in the campground and she said, Bill, you need to quit being so hard on your kids. Now, one thing you didn't want to do with my daddy was get, start messing with his kids. Yeah. You need to be start, uh, quit being so hard on your kids and you need to let that, well, he wants to stay here with his friends at the lake and you need to leave him alone and let him stay here uh, tonight. Now, long story short, my daddy can be very stubborn on some things. And that was one. That was one place he wasn't going to move. And it, by the way, it wasn't real sweet that day. And daddy, pretty much daddy told that lady, he said, listen, you do what you want to do. But my boy's going back to church tonight. Amen. And we got in the car and went back to church. Now, wait a minute now. You say, preacher, what's your point? My point is, thank God I had a daddy who said to everybody in that campground that my Savior is more than just a carpenter. Yes. And we're going to make him a priority in our life. We're done. You can close your Bibles. We're done. North Lake, Illinois. North Lake, Illinois. My wife and I were in Bible college, ran a bus route in North Lake, Illinois. Right just uh, about five, ten minutes from O'Hare Airport. We used to pick up a little girl. Her name was Nancy. Nancy Rivera. A little Spanish girl. Every Saturday, we'd go by, knock on the door. I'd say, hey, Nancy, you going to church tomorrow? Yes, Brother Steve, I'll be there. Sunday morning, our bus driver would drop me off. She lived in the middle door. There were three doors in that apartment building. She lived in the middle door up the first set of stairs. I would run up the first set of stairs, knock on the door. And Nancy had a, she, she just had a, 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 the way she always done it. She would open the door, crack it about six inches or so, and she'd say, hey, Brother Steve, let me get my lunch. I'm coming. I'd say, okay, Nancy. I'd wait at the door. Well, the whole time her Spanish mother was just, I mean, just 100 mile an hour, just rattling off in a Spanish tongue. I mean, the whole time. I don't know what she was saying, but just rattling off in a Spanish tongue. Her daddy had an had a infinity for, um, uh, for uh, uh, electronic games. And back in that day, we didn't have PlayStations and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, I know this. He was blowing up a lot of things and there was hand grenades going off and machine guns. And I could always see through the crack of the door. That's where their TV sat. And daddy would always be in the living room playing this game and bombs were exploding and, and guns were shooting and you could hear the rolling of tanks and, and all that kind of thing. And then Nancy had a little sister. Her name was Susie. She had jet, jet black hair. And little Susie would come and she'd peek around the door at the big church man. Every Sunday it was like that. Every Sunday it was like that. Except one. I remember I, I, our bus driver pulled me in front of the building. I ran out the door, ran that middle door, ran up the first flight of stairs, knocked on the door. And just like always, Nancy came to the door. She cracked the door, opened about six inches. She said, hey, Brother Steve, let me get my lunch. I'm coming. I said, okay, Nancy. But I noticed on this day, there was something different. I didn't hear her mama rattling off in a Spanish tongue. I didn't see her dad shooting and blowing things up. In fact, as I looked through the crack of the door that day, the TV was off. There was no little sister Susie picking around the door at the big church man. Nancy came to the door. We walked out. She walked out. And this time she pulled the door shut and she took a key and she locked the door. Wait a minute now. We're in Chicago, Illinois. 120 gangs. 
And little 10-year-old Nancy closed the door and locked the door. We walked down the steps and on our way to the bus, I said, Nancy. She said, yes, Brother Steve. I said, where's everybody at? I said, where's your mom and your dad? Where's Susie at? I, the TV's off. The house is so quiet. Where's everybody at? She said, oh. She said, Brother Steve, she said, this morning my aunt and uncle, my cousin came over and she said, my mom and dad and my little sister got up and she said, they all went to Great America. Six Flags over Illinois. I said, Nancy. Nancy. What about you? Brother Steve. Today's church day. You're supposed to go to church on church day. You know what little Nancy Revere was saying? He's more than just a crawl. Wow. Maybe today we need to decide we're going to make him more than just a carpenter. Would you bow your heads with me all over the house this morning? Father, thank you for this time that we've had together today. Lord, I know one thing. If you didn't minister to anybody else's heart, good night, you sure spoke to mine. I know that what I'm preaching this morning is different. I know that what I'm preaching today is not the norm. But Lord, we never set out to be normal at Calvary Baptist Church. God, we don't want to have that same, that same just normal, mediocre Christianity that everybody else has. But I pray today, God, that you'd give us a preacher that makes Jesus more than a carpenter. And God, give us deacons and preachers and Sunday school teachers and ministry workers and moms and dads and teenagers who will say today, Lord, you're more than just a carpenter. I'm going to exalt you to that place of preeminence in my life. Have your way in the invitation, Lord. Speak to hearts, I pray, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Just a question or two. Number one is this. I wonder how many may be here today and you'd, you, by, by way of hand, by way of raising your hand, you'd say, Pastor, I know that I know that I know that I am a born-again Christian. And if you can honestly say that today, you'd just slip your hand up right now and say, Pastor, I know I'm saved. Hallelujah. That's wonderful. You can lower your hands. Let me ask you this. I wonder how many would be honest today and you would raise your hand and you would say, Pastor, I could not raise my hand and I'm not 100% sure that I am a Christian, that I'm going to heaven. And I sure want you to pray for me and you'd slip your hand up right now. Is there one like that anywhere? Amen. I'm sure going to pray. God bless you. Is there another? Come on, right now, you'd be honest. You'd slip your hand up way high so I can see it. Anybody else? I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for you. Would you stand with us all over the house this morning? Father, thank you so much. We've had a good time today in the house of the Lord. I want to thank you for Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. And Lord, I pray today that you'd help us to make Jesus more than just a carpenter. God, help us to promote you to that place of preeminence and priority. And, and Lord, help us to do it in front of our children. Help us to do it in our marriage. Help us to do it in our job. Help us to do it, uh, Lord, in, in, in everything that we do and say. 
God, may we, may we shout it from the housetop that our Savior is a mighty God and He's able to do the miraculous. I pray that you'll bless in the invitation. And Heavenly Father, I pray for these that, that are not sure of their salvation. Oh, Lord, help this to be the day that they uh, come and, and let us give them some help and some direction in that area. And uh, Lord, work in the hearts of our people and, and help us, I pray today. We love you, Lord, and praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. The pianist will play. If you need to come, the altar's open. Many have already come, but maybe you need to come this morning. If you need to come, would you come while we wait? Where is Jesus on your heart?